Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Technology Leaders. Lee Cantor here with Stone Payton, another episode of Atlanta Technology Leaders. And this is going to be a good one, huh, Stone? I tell you what, I always look forward to, to this special segment and uh, with the uh, women in technology. And we've really gotten to enjoy and get to know the new executive director. It might not feel like new so much anymore. You've got, you've got so much accomplished so quickly. But uh, please join me in welcoming back to the broadcast, Miss Sandy Welfare. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing very well. Thank you. So uh, what's new in the world of WIT? So in the world of women in technology, we're basically just rolling out our new Careers in Action program with Emory Continuing Education. And Mm -hmm. so yesterday and today were our open house. And so we're going to be in Alpharetta on their campus today to talk about how we can... So you're touring the city? Touring uh, the city. For Emory? Absolutely. And then what happens at one of those events? So uh, we're we're pretty much letting people know. We used to do this as a volunteer uh, program and have people do the programs for us. And this is the first year we're doing a partnership with Emory where they're bringing in professional instructors to roll out the programs for us. And then so far, has it been well received? So far, so good. I think people are very excited because it's now a certified program. And so people are then seeing this as true professional development. Right. And then can you share what goes on? Like, what does that professional development look like? Absolutely. So we have three levels of program programs, which really start with the person who's beginning. So it's what it takes to develop yourself, mm-hmm. then what it takes to manage others, and then what it takes to master leadership. And I think the master leadership piece is key for people who are wanting to move on and upward and be a part of the strategic and innovation of a company. And so um, at that level, those are more seasoned professionals that are in their career? Exactly, exactly. And people can join the programs at, at whatever level, point. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's if for everybody. Absolutely. And so we don't want people to feel as if you've got to go through all three um, curriculums, but it's really meant for those who are wanting to develop themselves professionally. Now, um, one of the neat things about Women in Technology, the group, is that you are working with women at all ages, right? Absolutely. And so we're uh, gearing up for a big event coming up for Girls Get IT. So, of course, it's all about middle school and high school girls. Then we have a big Wit on Campus event uh, coming up the end of the month for internships. And then, of course, we have our big forum coming up next week on the art of negotiation, which is going to be fabulous for women. And so we're looking forward to that on February 18th. Who's running that? So that is going to be, um, her name is escaping me as we speak, but I will definitely come back to, the, to that before we leave um, the program today. And then what, what, is, uh, what do you hope to accomplish in that session? That session is really about having women ha- develop the confidence and knowing what areas of expertise they would want to hone on mm-hmm. in order to do better negotiations because we are not necessarily the best negotiators. Do you have any tips? You've been, uh, you've been in the business world. I think the biggest tip is, particularly as it relates to women and their worth, you really have to know your worth and be able to um, articulate that to others. And so I know in the past I've negotiated some very interesting assignments, but at the same time, knowing my worth was definitely uh, easier part for that for getting making that happen. And part of negotiating is uh, having enough self-confidence to say no to some things, right? Absolutely. And being able to walk away. And I think that that's where we may not necessarily have the uh, fortitude. But, you know, these are all the things that over time women will develop in a better way as we're, you know, 
going through higher levels within the corporate organizations. Right. I, w- I always tell people when they're um, getting started that when they're negotiating their first rate or a rate, it's whatever number that you can say in a mirror without laughing. Right. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a very good way of looking at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who'd you bring with you today? So today's, uh, today I brought Denise Denimore with me, who is a founder of Kids for Coding. We're in a new partnership with uh, Kids for Coding and looking at how we can bring on um, more coding opportunities for our girls. And so we're excited about this new um, partnership. And of course, at the end of the day, we're trying to find ways that we can fill the pipeline with more girls being interested in uh, the coding field. All right, Denise, welcome. Thank you for having me. So can you share a little bit about the mission purpose, Kids for Coding? Yes. First of all, I'll I'll let you know that I do have a business partner in, Marie Laramie, and I'm the co-founder. And she wasn't here today because she was at another meeting, but uh, there's two of us. So there's two women working together in Kids for Coding. We're a year-round technology center that's focused on educational technology, and we're located in Roswell. And we are uh, focused on... um, helping students to learn education, technology education early. And, and because many of the jobs of the future are going to require the skills that we are working with with our students, mm-hmm. and it, it helps them to become creators, innovators, and eventually build job skills so that when they do enter the workforce that they are uh, seasoned in, in these types of skills. Now, when you say kids, what is uh, how are you defining kids? Kids, we mm-hmm. have children that start as uh, young as kindergarten now wow. and go all the way up through 12th grade. And so what happens for the kindergartner? Well, good question. We uh, just implemented this uh, winter an intro to programming uh, for, for the kindergartners. That's wow. right. That is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Um <laughs> There's a misconception that when parents and, and people see children on all of the devices like the iPads, the iPhones, that they are, they're seasoned and they know exactly what they are doing. They're, they're playing with these devices. Sure. But when we teach them the skills of coding or intro to coding, they start to implement um, math problem-solving skills. How do they, how do they uh, problem-solve? They um, there's logic. Lo- logic. Right. They teach them reasoning. How to uh, determine if something works and, s- and something doesn't. Skills that are are used in every form. Right. It's transferable to. It's anything. transferable to anything. And a lot of mathematical skills are also um, implemented mm-hmm. into these. And we do it in such a way that it's a fun way of learning so when they're there they don't feel like it's it's learning it's not boring like it's many of the kids playing. it's playing it's just a different kind yeah and all of our programs are of uh, educational nature they've been proven um many of our programs we have come from um uh, and have been developed by mit in cambridge mass um, Microsoft has programs that we use and so everything that we have implemented with our educational program and track for children has to have an educational component. But it can still be fun. It can still be fun, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. So now at the end of a class or at the end of a course, is does the, the kid learn not only to code, but there's something happens? Like, do they have an app at the end, or do they have, like, a, is there a finished product? Yeah. F- uh, for example, if, if uh, we just finished, a, we're finishing up actually this week a, a 
two classes with uh, women in technology that they helped to uh, support us with when we became a, a partner with them. And mm -hmm. we have a girls-only App Inventor class. App Inventor was developed by MIT, mm -hmm. and it uh, teaches children to, to go in, and they're all girls, which is wonderful. They go in and they use more of the block system where it's a drag and uh, drag, drag and, and drop. drop block, but then they have to go in and add variables. They change um, sensing, um, the what if statements, the forever, forever statements, and then they apply that by transferring the app to an Android device. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more difficult than Scratch. Are you familiar with Scratch? No, I am. Um Scratch. Well, I'm going to educate you. Go today. ahead. Fire away. Scratch was developed by MIT about seven years ago, mm -hmm. and it was um, it was developed by their lifelong kindergarten media lab. And now Harvard University is actually in control of the Scratch program, but it is teaching children the beginning stages of how to program, but it does it with a visual. So there's all different types of characters. So children can go into um, Scratch. They can, they can create their own game. They can design a Minecraft. They can design a book report, a story, a racing game, um, question and answer. They can do uh, different. They can even create their own calculator. And it's so it, we what we do is we start them out. Mm -hmm. Everybody starts out at the same level. If you're a first grader or a second grader starting out on scratch or an eighth grader starting right, out on so scratch. Right, so everybody starts at the, starts at the same. The fundamentals, you the, have yes. to learn the fundamentals. Right. So it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. So um, that's been a, a favorite program for our um, community because of the fact that it has been around for a while and it is the most well-known worldwide for starting kids in technology, which is one of the most important skills that we need our children to learn, but they're not being taught at the regular school systems right. or many private schools. And that and that's what's um, interesting now. It seems like there's a slight shift. Uh, at least I have a kid that's in high school, and I he told me that they're now starting to have uh, coding be in either instead of a foreign language or... Um, as part of the curriculum, at least, as an elective. It's, a, it's an elective. But if you look at what's going on in, for example, England, England mm -hmm. was the first country in the whole world to actually mandate computer science as a requirement from kindergarten right. through 12th grade. No, I'm with you. I, you the know, more, the, the merrier when it comes to that, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons why I'm a former former educator, I'm still a teacher, I'm still a certified sure. teacher, but the reason why I left teaching, I was frustrated with the system. The speed of implementing these kind of things? Yeah. There's not the uh, funding. Sense of urgency. There's not that, the right? sense of urgency. There's a lot of politics that have to go through. Um, schools are, are struggling financially, so it's one of the last things that they think about. The boards are not really keeping that on their radar when they have so many other expenses that they have to deal with. Um, is there what well, like is there a lot of expense to implement uh, coding? Well, here's the problem. You if you don't have a trained um, staff right. that that works in this, most of the people that are doing these types of, of programs, um, for example, who could teach, such as a web designer, a, right. uh, coders, and um, 
uh, you know, the different types of fields that people would work in, 3D animation artists, right. they're, they're going to be earning 100000 Right, they're 000. in so much demand for they're them in high demand. that it's hard for them to go, hey, and, I'll, I'll be a school teacher. And their so. salaries are just not there in the right. school level. So even if they get people trained, they generally don't stay in these fields because then they can go to earn something sometimes two and three times the salary of a public school teacher. Right. Or even more than a, than private school because private schools generally don't pay as high as the public system. So that's our dilemma. Right. And I think it's going to require businesses starting to partner more with your local schools and your local counties to to f- start funding these because these the very jobs that are going to be required of the the next generation coming f- ahead and for the future are the, com- the companies are going to need these children. Right. It, it's a kind of a catch point. It is. Because uh, the, these jobs, there's like negative un- uh, unemployment for these jobs. Right. There is. And then the, the, the kids are just, for some reason, aren't kind of gravitating to right. it. So this is a great opportunity for them to at least get a taste of it. Are, are you finding the people that get a taste of it at, at the early age kind of stick with they it? They do stick with it. It's like foreign language. Mm-hmm. When, when's the best time to learn a foreign language? It's when, you're, it's when you're right? young. And yeah. the next time is today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the dilemma that we also have and we're facing is the United, even though we are in the greatest country, obviously, in the world is the United States, we're very far behind in our education system. We're not even in the top 20 now in the world in math, reading, and science. Right. Um, the last uh, international test that was done for um, the United States with 65 developing countries, the United States came in uh, at the same level in mathematics as the country of Vietnam. And if that doesn't alarm us, that mm-hmm. we have a lot to do. So technology can be the answer because children aren't learning the same way. We have so many different ways that children can learn and actually learn better than just the, mm-hmm. t- the teacher standing in front of the, you know, the classroom and they're reading out of a textbook. Right. That, and that is uh, an amazing thing. We did, uh, as Stone was mentioning to you earlier, we do a lot with uh, training and development you know, in the corporate world. And they have embraced mobile learning, e-learning, mm-hmm. like that. They're all over that from a corporate world, but it's just not trickling down into the school system we, to teach the kids in a way that they're they're using all these devices at home, but they're not using it in school. And there's a misconception with parents, too, that because they walk into a PTA meeting and they go visit a teacher's classroom and they walk down the hall and they see a, a computer lab that has 30, 35 computers, they assume that it's a technology school. Right. But I have worked for years in those school systems. Um, I've worked in a number of different metro area school systems in my career, and a lot of times those labs are used for activities like uh, standardized test prep. Um, So not really teaching the programs that are will help to develop the skills that they are going to need, you know, when they end up getting into the high school and college level, even down to basic keyboarding. Right. Children are, st- are learning the PEC and search and PEC method, and that's not developing efficiency for them, and it will not help them. It won't serve them in the workforce either. Right. And so you, I have a question real quick. Sure. Um, uh, I'm a child of two educators, both with terminal degrees. They were in the school system for their entire careers. I'm interested to hear about the transition from being an educator to running a business. Oh, 
Well, I think it um, may. I've I've had to joke a little bit about this because when I made the decision, I was I was fifty. I'm now fifty. I'm fifty-two. I have to think about that. And um, so I guess when I turned fifty, I just decided it was time for change. And so I jumped without a safety net. Wow. Had a had a vision that this was what I wanted to do, and so I brought on my business partner, and uh, we've really been hit. We've been on the ground with the boots. It's really been a kind of a grassroots movement that we've. Anything you know, surprised you in the first um, several months that you just really didn't anticipate? Just well, I've we've had to rethink things because I first started out more as mathematics, but then mm-hmm. as I started to research because I did a lot of research. I realized that technology education was the, the gap that we have, and, and the schools just don't have it. Only 10% of our schools in the whole country have the computer science education curriculum. So early on, the first iteration was like kids for math, like it was a math-oriented? It was a math-oriented, because I have a passion for math. I right. love math, and I love working with children with math. But then I realized when you go up against... Um, established companies such as your, you know, I won't mention names, but we all know the different types right. of tutoring centers that are out there. People, and they still still also teach very basic, you know, they're not implementing the computer science right. into it, um, which there are a lot of computer programs out there now that work with students in mathematics that are by far better than the paper pencil because it adapts to their knowledge. Right. And um, so it was difficult to go up against what I call the franchise tutoring centers. And then so, so I had to regroup. She did the math. I did the math, the math. on the math strategy. <laughs> and you iterated. That's uh, that's great. That's <laughs> that lean startup methodology where you yep. had an idea, put it out there, the public spoke, and you yep. just iterated. Yeah. And pivoted. Yeah. So what happened? Um, I I've been working toward a business for two years, but we really started the technology about 14 months ago, mm-hmm. and it has has grown like wildfire. So you really realize you kind of struck a nerve, and there's right. a, a people that are hungry for this information, right? But it still allows me to also incorporate the math because right, there there's a lot of right. mathematics in the coding, which is is so important, but. You know, we do things like website design for uh, students and movie movie making. We have... And um, gaming? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't know if you uh, have children that are into Minecraft, but Minecraft now has an educational license because they're finding huh. that children can learn through Minecraft. And so they can go into the worlds and create... You know, for example, uh, an entire world based on mathematical reasoning, Mm -hmm. scale factor, ratio, coordinate planes, positive and negative integers. And you can actually work with these children at third grade, and they're working on the standards of an eighth grader, but being able to apply it within their build. So we're very excited about the programs that we are offering. Are you finding that a lot of the larger like these gaming and software companies um, are starting to create the tools that you need to execute your mission? Some of them are uh, you know there are there are a number of different programs out there that are starting to, to apply what scratch was from MIT, had developed from MIT and which is interesting scratch was developed based on the Lego bricks. And I never knew how long 
Lego bricks had been around, but the Lego has been around since like the 1940s. Sure. I I grew up playing with Lincoln Logs. I had never Mm. played with Legos when I was a child, but um, you know the how popular Legos are. Yeah, even today is probably even more popular. Yeah, Yeah, it's very popular. So, um, but we're what we're doing too is the whole purpose of this is to help children on a track so that they can can develop these skills because not every child will be able to afford college either. If we keep the college uh, costs keep rising, then we have to start looking at how do we train individuals when some of these kids are coming out of of high school, maybe taking training at, you know, a technical school, right? They're getting uh, decent salaries. Not that college isn't important because I, I have a son in college and I believe in college, but we have to also look at the, at the cost of college and whether or not everybody will be able to afford it. Right. And so you teach the skills now so that these kids can go into jobs, you know, like web design. There are many people that are coming out that have the, have the training and they go into internships and then they go into a job. Yeah. Because the company doesn't care. As they, long as they're talented and they're, right. is they're talented and they're right. creative and they can problem solve and they can yeah. put out a good product. Right. right. If they're if they need a coder and they have a candidate that went to Harvard with a degree in English and then a coder that just comes out of one of these um, kind of technicals. Right. Who mm-hmm. do you think they're going to pay? <laughs> it's yeah. you know, they're just desperate for people with those technology mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. So now what's next for you? It seems oh like you're gosh. getting traction. We've, we're getting yeah. a lot of traction. Um, I wanted to say one thing, too. The reason why it's it's such an honor to be um uh, partnering with WIT, um, I was a little alarmed because I'm a person that likes to research and, and try to understand mm-hmm. the purpose of why we do things. And it, it, you may find it uh, amazing that there were more women going into um, computer science fields in, in 1984 than there are today. And I try to wrap my brain around that because... We, with all the technology that we have, we're not getting the girls there. And they tend to love, children, girls tend to love math and science all the way through elementary, but we lose them in middle school. So why are we losing them in middle school? Um, so by partnering with women in technology, it's going to allow us to reach a group of girls. So we're, you know, that's why we have an app inventor class that starts with elementary and, and incorporates right. middle school. Now, do you have a theory of why the the girls? Um... I think it's kind of gender biased. I think, you know, we, for our years, we, we say that, oh, well, boys are better in math and girls are better at language arts. And we still have that mindset. So you think the teachers are kind of, you know, making up their mind before. I think that can happen sometimes. And it could be, you know, parents maybe push their daughters to go take gymnastics classes or dance classes versus, okay, even though you you have a child who may love technology, but they they tend to, parents tend to push them toward those um, extracurricular activities. Because girls like the devices. They They love the devices. They're on the devices, right? (laughs) So it isn't a fear of the device that's the problem. We're actually (laughs) going to be implementing 3D 3D, uh, graphic design and 3D printing this summer so that, for example, the students could come in with their iPhone, design 
their own iPhone case and then print their own case. Wow, um, how exciting is yeah. that? So they can customize it? They can customize wow. their own iPhone case. That will yeah. be a popular class. <laughs> yes, it most certainly will. <laughs> yeah, it will be. So now you're partners with WIT. Are you partners with some of the schools as well? We have worked with some of the schools. We um, have been in, like we just uh, went to Shallerford Falls uh, Elementary in Marietta and did a, 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 a day that's uh, our elementary with school. Is it really? In my neck of the woods. We were we yeah. were there about two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we did a, a scratch demonstration there for nice. the kids. Um, we have um, we have s- several elementaries that have contacted us because they're very interested in having us come in and and work with uh, the teachers. We have a private school that's getting ready to bring. They're busing their children over to our center mm-hmm. um, because everything we do is teacher directed with um and it's we have uh, visual projectors on the ceiling that whatever the teacher is doing then the children see it on the large screen right so it's um it's a wonderful center so you need that technology really to teach your curriculum what um you need all of the stuff you have in your uh, yeah 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 we have for example like we have scratch and we have um, right it's hard to take that and then just go to a school and hope they have the right equipment for you to really effectively teach it so we install you know the different types of programs so that's why having it at the center is is optimal really the best right because we have it all set up there and you have one center right now yeah we have one center we um uh where is it at Roswell, Georgia, and we went in and um, took an old office building that was uh, a mess, probably hadn't been updated in 30 years, and had coffee stains on the carpet and completely renovated it. Uh, We're real good with a paintbrush, and, uh, (laughs) you know, so we, we did a lot of it on our own. And um, but it's a beautiful center. It's very IKEA looking inside, and so it doesn't look like a school. And we try to make it an inviting environment. I mean, we're always happy to see the kids. They're happy to be there. Um, it's Do not one of those places they have to raise their hand, you know, because kids get so programmed at school. Right. So you got to unprogram them. You've got to unprogram them because we want it to be a collaborative environment, environment. for them. Right? Now, do they bring their own device or you have the technology there? Some of them like to bring their own devices. You might, you would be surprised at how many kids come in with Mac, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mac computers. Right. I'm always amazed at that. <laughs> Um, but we also have about uh, 20 computers at the center, and we're getting ready to purchase um, a number more where, um, because we have some interesting things getting ready to happen this coming summer. We just um, uh, agreed upon today we're going to be the business um, uh, provider technology provider for the summer camps at Gwinnett Tech in Lawrenceville. Wow. So That's um, great. Yeah, yeah, that one was a good one. <laughs> so we have we have a lot going on. Um, I'm going to share a couple of things with you. We uh, in one year's time, it's been somewhat amazing about how the community has really Embrace embraced this, right? embraced what we're doing. We have uh, parents coming in from as far away as Dallas, Georgia, New, um, wow. Noonan, College Park. Parents, you know, drive because they're. They don't have places for their yeah, children to take these classes, else. right? So, um, you know, they can take some summer camps at some of your local in-town universities, but you're looking at three times the cost of what our summer camp would cost. Our summer mm-hmm. camp would be two ninety nine, versus a parent that might have to pay eight hundred to eleven hundred dollars, 
you know, for, for one camp, for a week-long camp. So we try to make it reasonable so it can reach different people. Uh-huh. Um, recently, we two weeks ago, we found out we were chosen by Entrepreneur Magazine as one of 10 small business startups to uh, win a Chevy van. So we're trying, well, we're trying, we're trying for the Chevy van. And Oh, um, congrats. So what is the next level? What do you have to do to, to we, actually get the van? You think? Well, we, we, we're, we're now one of the 10 finalists, but right. um, you know, there were, and there's a nine other different companies that are, you know, have some really unique ideas. Ours is the only technology company, but the reason why we, pitched to um, Entrepreneur Magazine and Chevy is because of why we would be able to use the van. And one of the goals that we have um, on our to-do list is um, I'm very passionate about, and I think Sandy knows this, I want to take this program to, for example, hearing-impaired schools because I feel like Mm -hmm. children at the hearing-impaired schools – could greatly benefit from these skills because mm-hmm. these are these are skills that would be jobs for them. Right. Um, when I was a child, I went to school with a, a two young guys whose parents were both deaf, and they 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 had no problems with hearing, but their parents were deaf, and they the only jobs that their parents had were janitorial jobs. Yeah. So now t- look at wh- where we are with technology and what it does. Mm-hmm. It it opens the doors for so many different ways that people can make a living. Right. And then I think even the, one of the things I'm most passionate about getting implemented is also going into um, your hospitals where you have children who are months on end, you know, battling illnesses. And so why not take, um, take these types of programs to these children so that they can learn, have a, a good time, because if they're able to play an Xbox during their time, well, why can't we teach them how to create a web page? Oh, I or, love it. So yeah. you're, talking, you're talking to some folks, some hospital We're talking, folks. yeah, we're talking. We haven't gotten to the point of, of, of getting it to that because we're working on, uh, you know, this thing. You've got a lot of tech. irons in the fire. I do. I've got a lot of <laughs> But I'll tell you what, if things. you teach my kid to code, I might, <laughs> I might give you my Dodge Caravan. That might, be a, <laughs> that might, that might have equity, right? <laughs> that would have equity, that's for sure. <laughs> Now you got a lot going on. Well, we're we have we have a lot of passion and vision. So, so uh, how specifically do you work with Wit? Wit sponsors us because we're using um, our alliance with them in order to have, like for example, uh, classes that are only for girls. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our classes, when you go in, you know, when the when the children come in, if you look at a typical class, you might see eighty percent boys and twenty percent girls. Right. So we've now started, uh, we've been able to offer two classes this winter, um, which was App Inventor I mentioned earlier, and also Scratch, Beginning Scratch. And we're getting ready to start another round. And it's interesting, those same girls are starting to uh, register again for the second, second right. group. And they actually are being taught by a Georgia Tech third-year um, student who is just phenomenal and um, because we use we use some uh, students from Georgia Tech, third or fourth year, very high level students. We also have industry professionals, uh, such as people who do web design, coding. Um, we have computer science teachers. So we have a very high level team that comes in and works with the kids. 
And then the classes typically are after school? Or we have some have... after school right now be, during our winter, and then the spring sessions are going to start in about three weeks. Um, and then we will have our summer camps, which will run from June 1st through August uh, I'm sorry, July 31st. Anything for the homeschool? Homeschool uh, parents have embraced us too because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're, it gives them something for their children that they can't provide. Right. So we do have a number of homeschool children that come. Right. So, and then we have, we're going to be offering some evening courses for the high school kids, um, more at their level, you know, things that they would be interested in working on. Um, most high school kids wouldn't want to be starting in scratch, but we'll right. be offering classes for um, grades 8 through 12. Uh, for example, HTML, JavaScript, those types of Ruby programming and those types of programs. Now, what do you so, need more of? What do we need more of in terms of? Just for your business. Well. It seems um, like the communities embrace you. It seems yeah. like the kids are enjoying. Got I, Sandy on the train. Yeah. Got, I mean, well, what yeah. else do you need, right? You well, got the whole you know, package. We, which is interesting. It <laughs> Uh, Anne Marie, my business partner, I, we did this all on our own with our own funding. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there are things that, you know, we could always use help with, whether it's, you know, flash drives from mm-hmm. companies or, uh, you know, support with snacks or scholarships for, for students who, mm-hmm. you know, a, maybe a single mother who would love to have their child right. come to the uh, course, but they can't afford it. So, you know, we're always looking for, you know, extra support. So, do you need more teachers, or you have that covered? We are looking for teachers, actually, especially now that the Gwinnett Tech has uh, evolved. We are going to be looking for a lot of different teachers. What's a profile for a teacher for you? Do they have to be like a teacher teacher where they went through uh, a teacher teacher? No, No, like a certified. (laughs) You know, you went through and have a degree. No, we have um, we have project managers from we have a project manager from Coca Cola. We have. Web uh, web designers who work for right, some of so them. They just yeah. have to be working in the field. That they do, but they also have to have the ability to be able to work with children. Not everybody yeah. can so, teach, so, even though so contrary you, to what people say, not everybody can. So teach. you vet them, or you help them become a better teacher. Well, you can sort of tell after you've interviewed someone <laughs> for a minute or two whether or not they would, you know, relate to children. And we have been so lucky that the people that we have have just been, you know, phenomenal. And I'm I'm there to mentor and work with them. And um, no, but we've been very happy with the teachers that we've had. Well, it seems like a great program. We love it. And um, we're happy that you're working with WIT. Thank you. And if somebody wants to learn more? They can go to kids, the number four, coding, that's C-O-D-I-N-G dot com. And then you're on Twitter, Facebook. Yes. They can go and look that up yes, in any of those places. Yeah, they sure can. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so for much for being having part us. of the show. And you must be so proud. I'm very proud, mainly because we're trying to get the pipeline of girls filled. <laughs> That's right. And Kids for Coding is definitely helping us to do that for girls. And Sandy, do you want to share a little bit uh, coordinates for WIT? So really just wanting to highlight our upcoming um, forum for next uh, February 18th. Our expert is Sylvia Neely David, who's going to teach the art of negotiation. There you go. You found that just like you promised? Absolutely. <laughs> Everything work. is in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the WIT uh, website? And the WIT website is... Uh, www.mywit.org. And they can find the calendar. They can find all kinds of stuff they want to get involved. Absolutely. And they can sign up for all of our uh, e-blasts, and that way they can stay connected to all the events that are happening. Well, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Atlanta Technology Leaders. Make your next event more engaging with live radio. Powered by Business Radio X. Learn more at radioinmybooth.com.